Okay, so now we definitely are live. <laughs> the previous two minutes, we weren't live at all, and I was just babbling away for, for two minutes. Um, so, yeah, just uh, hello to everybody, whoever uh, may be watching this, just to say that, um, yeah, this is a very special edition of Films on Trial. For the first time ever, we're going to try and do a live broadcast of the trial. Um, it might go well, it might not go well. Who knows? Let's let's check. Let's see what happens. Hey, it's live TV, technically. Anything could go Anything could go. Wrong, anything can happen. Um, but before we kick things off and we actually start the show itself, I thought we'll allow like about three, four, five minutes, whatever, for some people to join. Um, and I thought, how, how should we best use this time? How, how can we best use this five minutes and get you all really warmed up, guys? So I'm thinking, let's have a little quiz. Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. Why not? Do we have a choice? I know. Well, well, you don't really have a choice to do it, yes or no. Are you going um, to bookend it? You're going to have another. I guess this isn't the only quiz that you're going to make. There will be another quiz later on, but for the time being, before we start the show, I thought let's get everyone warmed up. Let's get them ready. Let's just have a brief moment of panic. Then, like, was I meant to do the quiz? <laughs> So, so this is this is just, so it's it's less of a quiz and more as it is a test, right? So this is just a test of how well you know some celebrity names. There's a couple that I thought in advance uh, might be a little bit tricky uh, because you know we're probably going to be talking about them a lot in this episode. So just very very quickly, I want all of you guys to tell me how you would pronounce this name. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Joel. Zoe. I'd say Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Austin, uh, you're too oh, late to respond. I'm still saying Zoe Deschanel, yeah, sorry. It is, it is, it is it's, it's Zoe Deschanel. I, I've, I've honestly been saying Zoe in my head <laughs> for actually years. It's it not Zoe. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> Zoe Deschanel, right, okay, right. It's uh, especially uh, awkward given that you met her, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Zoe. Zoe. Okay, uh, uh, number two, number two, you ready, guys? John Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau is uh, is correct. John Favreau, not John Favreau, which is what I've said in the past, right? I'll, I'll give you another one. This should hopefully be a little bit easier. Well, I mean, to be fair, that last two have been easy. Apologies for the for the writing. Rafe Fines. Rafe Fines. Ralph Fines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with yeah. Ralph Fines. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, it is Rafe, is how it's spelt, R-A-L-P-H, Rafe, uh, fines. So, yeah, well done, guys. Here's another one for you. Oh, Saoirse uh, Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, I think Dave was the only one that got it right. I think it was uh, Saoirse Ronan. Um, all right, okay, here is, is one that should be probably easier, but for some reason, it's not. Um, so there you go. Henry, Henry Cavill. Henry Carville. <laughs> Dave? Henry Cavill. As easy as you said, it may be. It's, it's literally. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, it is easy. It's Henry Cavill. Henry oh. Cavill. That's, you know, we've been saying it, it wrong all this time. Right. Henry Cavill. Henri Cavill. It's not Henri Cavill for some reason. Right, here's, here's one for you, right? Now, this is something that I've been saying wrong for years. Charlize Theron. 
Anybody else? Any other, other pronunciations? Charlize Theron. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's South African. It's Theron, isn't it? Uh, Dave's the closest, to be honest. It's Charlize Theron. Uh, Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. As in, like, Theron lies the correct spelling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these are, are, are all, you know, from the horse's mouth. Is this according to Gatfo? Like... <laughs> yeah. When you say the chords, what, Charlize herself told you? Yeah, you rang up Charlize. <laughs> <Charlize's name. laughs> yeah. I said, listen, mate, you know, it's, you know, you're not doing much these days, are you? Come on. Um, right, what about this one? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Dave is, is probably the nearest one, I think. It's Gal Gadot. <laughs> Yeah. See, these, these that's are all... a really good pronunciation. Can you just say it one more time, please? So, <laughs> why do you always sound like uh, the Count from Sesame Street? <laughs> uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Beautiful. Okay, right, here's one for you. This is the penultimate one. Amanda Seafried. Yeah, Amanda Seafried. And any, any other any other ones apart from Seafried? Anybody? I said Seafried. Yeah, it's Amanda Seyfried. Is it? Yeah, Amanda. No, Again, it is. I want to test. I want to. Where, where, I feel where like are you making these up? To be honest, yeah. listen, listen. I have watched. I watched countless interviews with these people pronouncing their own names and saying how annoying it is that people can't pronounce their names properly. And uh, oops, I've run out of space here. But uh, here we go. Here's the last one. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Any other? Chalamet. Uh, Timothy Chamelay. I know, is he French? He, yeah, yeah, technically, yeah, yeah. I think his parents are French. French. Yeah. I was say French. Timothy Calamay, I don't know. Uh, Timothée Chalumet. I'm not making it up. This is true. This is true. Well, anyway, that was a great time, uh, wasn't it? You know, you want to Right, uh, I'll tell you what, right, should we get on with the show? Yeah. It's too much fun. Now on to the, uh, the, the ball breaking bit. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, let, let's kick things off. Austin, I think you've got uh, something for us, haven't you? There we go. And all I week. you had, like, a little jingle bell or something. But... <laughs> I thought I'd go to, like, a little bit of effort, you know, and put a nice jumper on, and Ozzy sat there in, like, a... <laughs> No, no, with the Christmas tree behind him. Three I, know, I went with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a lot. Yeah, Ozzy looks like a part-time magician, a part-time Michael Bublé <laughs> tribute artist. That was literally um, the show, right? Don't make me do it again. <laughs> we did near it, to be honest. I think it was like... Okay, yeah, there we, we go We heard like jingle bells. This is genuinely the start of the show now. Okay, here we oh, go. Oh, is it? All right, okay. We're on the start of the show. Right, okay. Here we go. Right, hello. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> you can you can tell that we we haven't done this yes, before. Live TV. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to a special live edition of Films on Trial. This week we're putting Elf on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel, although it does say our names right below yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> where we're talking. <laughs> and I'm Austin. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, just like Elf, this holiday, we're going to open our inner elves. Um, 
uh, so what I do at the beginning here is, uh, is I say the tagline of the film and hopefully that'll match up with, you know, a description of the podcast, but that sounds quite appropriate, doesn't it? But, yeah. uh, but technically, we are going to dissect the film Elf, so that could be opening up our inner elves, could it not? That's true. Only if you're taking it literally, though, do you know what I mean? The opening up the inner elves, which I don't think... Okay, so um, in our continuing quest to be relevant and popular enough to leave our day jobs, we are live streaming this episode on Facebook for the very first time. So hello to everybody who is watching along live. We really do appreciate it. And also hello to anybody who might be watching this later on, not live. Um, We are essentially, we're live. So yeah, anything could happen. Anything. It's live TV. Anything could happen. It's, it's as exciting as when. Do you remember watching live and kicking in the nineties? I think it's going to be. It's going to be as big as that. I think we're, we're kicking off this live streaming thing. I think yeah. it's going to be. Oh, it's just, yeah, I mean, I mean, make it massive. What will probably happen is it will just be five guys talking about Christmas film. But there is that element that anything could happen. So do stick with us just in case. Um, now, if you have any burning questions or if you have any insults at all, please feel free to put them in the comments section below and i will do my best to put them to the gang and um, if there is anything you massively agree or disagree with then let us know by giving us a like or uh, whatever the uh, opposite is one of those little angry emojis maybe or thumbs down yeah one of them just let us know how you feel uh, now i will say that there will be a couple of prizes on offer in this episode that's right guys prizes on offer one will be for the best question that is put to the group um, whether it be related to this film or whether it just be in general and the other prize will be given to the best caption for our caption contest now if i do say so myself these prizes are top quality i have put a lot of thought into what our listeners would want as a prize. So I hope you guys really do appreciate them because they are essentially the perfect gifts. I think it'll just be like shit that you don't want around the house. Maybe like a copy of Bone Alone. Ha, Maybe a copy of That's a scurrilous lie. Listen, I'm wearing my Bula Quo t-shirt right now, to be honest, guys. <laughs> wearing it with pride. <laughs> Right. Anyway, uh, of course, there will be a quiz later on, as we alluded to earlier, hosted by myself, where these delightful chocolatey frog-shaped treats will be on offer for those who do participate. You you haven't even got the Christmas Freddos. Uh, no, I thought we were going all out for this, and you didn't even get the Christmas ones. Listen, listen, I really love Freddos and everything, but those—they they aren't even Christmas Freddos. They've just put—they haven't even put a Christmas hat on him. He's just wearing a red cap. That's—that could be any time of year. <laughs> I'm, I'm not buying into that, and it's probably an extra five p as well. No, I'm, I'm, it's yeah. It's, this is this is what Jingle All the Way warned us about. Capitalism gone mad. Anyway, right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, this week. As I said before, this film on trial is the 2003 Christmas comedy Elf. Is it James Caan or is it James Can't? I, I did say can't, by the way. <laughs> just to say as well that Ozzy does have uh, his finger on the, the butter, just in case anybody does make a swear word. Ozzy's got, just, just test it out, Ozzy. There we go. So, for example, if I was to say, fuck, oh, so you've missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Anyway, man, it doesn't matter. What's, what's the point of having the button if we're not going to do it on time? So, if anybody does want to swear during this episode, 
give Ozzy the wink and allow Help yourself in. <laughs> essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to find out whether Elf is going to be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, just to say, this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen Elf yet, you're probably the only person who hasn't. Uh, but, you know, you can check no, it out. No, it's I great. Ozzy thought he'd seen Elf and then realized halfway through that he hadn't actually seen Elf. So there well, could be similar people in Ozzy's boat. Ozzy, what did you get Elf mixed up with, just by curiosity? I think just the mixture of other better Christmas films. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> I've seen so many clips that I felt like I'd seen it, but I've not, I hadn't actually seen it until uh, yesterday. Fair dues, fair dues. Okay, well, yeah, there might be somebody else out there who hasn't seen Elf. If you haven't, if you are like Ozzy, you can watch it for free if you have now TV. If you don't, eh, you just trust our judgments. Um, before we go on, I should say that our last film on trial was Noel. And Joel, you did, you judged that film and you deemed that Noel should be placed on the shit list. Now, you've, seen, you've since gone away and you've watched Noel. What do you reckon? Did you make the right call? Well, it gave me, like, being called Joel, like, it gave me flashbacks in school. All people used to sing <laughs> to me was, Joel, Joel, and it, that used to get in my thoughts, like, big time. So I turned it off after, like, 10 minutes, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, uh, it, yeah, it, we definitely made the right call. It, it's it's um, it's not very good at all, is it? Like, Did- yeah, I think it's like close to Artemis Fowler territory, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, oh, really? Did you did you agree it. with our assessment of Bill Hader, who just looks like he's dead inside for like most? <laughs> yeah, I think like you know somebody had off- obviously offered him some money, and he didn't have much else going on with with COVID and that type of stuff, and he obviously just thought, you know, screw it. I mean, just made the wrong call, didn't he? Yeah. Well, um, I, 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 this is mad because I hadn't actually seen the poster for Noel before. Has anybody actually seen the poster? Yes, Bill mm-hmm. Bill Hader actually does look like. <laughs> yeah. right. so, like you know, when you go onto like Disney or Netflix, sometimes they don't use the poster to advertise the film. It'll just be a screenshot of something in the film. So it'd be like Anna Kendrick mid conversation with Noel written above it. Right, so that's all I had seen. And I was I was in the car the other day and I drove past this big billboard with the poster up, and like I couldn't believe it. Like I thought it was. I'm gonna let me share my screen for a second here. This might not go well, but hopefully Ooh. it will. Right. Um, so we have closed down your the tab. <laughs> well, hang on. that's right. I go. <laughs> oh my oh, god! I'll flip and stop sharing, haven't I? Right. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Computer, that one is it? What? What do you say? No, that's not your <laughs> work computer, is it? No, 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 no. Right. Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Here we go. Right. Here we go. No, we go. Now. Cancel the stream and shut down his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the wrong one again. <laughs> I've got the wrong one up. Right, I've got, uh, I've got. In fact, you practiced this. You actually practiced this. I know. I know. I don't, I don't know. I was, I was gone. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Right. So this is the actual poster. Like, <laughs> is it? That is the poster. Yeah. That is the poster for the film. Like, like you know, when you look back at all those like great posters from like the seventies and eighties, you know, Star Wars, Jaws. Those ones like that really kind of sell what the, all the film is about. And then you've got this. I mean, that's perfect, that to be does. honest. It's, yeah, it's pretty bleak. represent the film. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like the most apathetic poster I've ever seen in my life, which pretty much sums up the film. The film was quite apathetic. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, because it was such a boring <laughs> share of a screen before, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll show you the caption for this week. So um, what we're going to be asking you guys is to... That's, I've done it wrong again. I've done it wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Here we go. This is this week's screenshot 
So if everybody who's watching could think about that picture and then submit a caption that you think would go well with that picture. And as I said before, the best and funniest caption will be the winner of a very special prize. Not just old tat that's been lying around my house, as Joel said before, but an actual <laughs> gift that I've put genuine thought into. Um, now, okay, let's, let's leave it at that. Um, so I think on with the trial. Um, yeah, why not? Now, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on their hit list will be Dave and Joel. Now, Dave is just like Bob Newhart, a very calming presence and a very soothing voice. But you do kind of get the feel that he gave up a long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, and Joel is just like Ed Asner's Santa. He spends most of his time working from home. And if you did add up all of the time that he did spend at work, it would probably amount to just one evening. And uh, this Christmas, he's mainly just been wearing sweatpants. <laughs> and uh, acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Alex and Ozzy. Now, all my notes have disappeared for a minute then. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Alex is just like James Kahn. You really want to like him, but your better judgment is telling you not to. <laughs> and Ozzy is quite like Zoe Deschanel's character, Jovi. Okay, we get it. <laughs> right. Now, please just put a normal outfit on for one. Jesus. <laughs> I will say, just like real court advocates, the defense and the prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their genuine thoughts, though, so please do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what they really think. Don't bombard Alex and Austin with hate mail right now because they're only just doing their job. <laughs> Why just us? Maybe maybe people would agree with us. I think they Maybe, will. maybe, yeah. We're going to speak for many people here. Uh, which means... This week, I will be playing the judge. Uh, I well, am a bit like that, Will. That's, that's kind of clever, but also not because the filter on your camera doesn't pick it up. Yeah. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> what were you drinking? I've got like 10 cups here. Oh, we just got a message on the bottom of his can of Coke. <laughs> now, uh, this week, I will be playing the most important role as I will be playing the judge. And I'm a bit like Will Ferrell's Buddy the Elf. I love Christmas. My diet mainly consists of sugar, and I have the mental age of a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that I must decide which list the film should be placed on, the hit or the shit list, based solely on the arguments put to me, and not using my own opinion. Uh, I have tried to not watch Elf um, for, uh, I was going to say for a number of years, but like I was kind of preempting this. I haven't watched Elf in a number of years, is what I'm, I'm meaning to say, and I've been putting it off uh, until I've at least watched this episode. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to try and be as impartial as possible um, in fact now I will be as impartial as possible but ignore, <laughs> ignore the whole speech uh, now before we get started I think we should give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about so why don't we spin the rebooted brand new Wheel of Impressions <laughs> wow there oh, wow. we go everyone wow so, I can't even uh, see what's on that uh, so it's just a selection of um, of your lovely faces and, and my face as well oh uh, in a variety of... <laughs> you frighten me, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, okay, so we're ready now. All right, so I'm going to just spin this wheel and then whoever it lands on... It's not rigged. Turn it round. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I literally just ripped it oh, out of the box before. <laughs> 
It's it's oh, literally. I didn't. I, I didn't have mm. any scissors to cut it with. Just uh, nobody was going to see the back, and I ruined it. Right. Okay. Right. You ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> oh, who's it landed on? It's landed on Joel. Okay, oh, Joel. I, I knew it was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now what we do here is we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it has landed on Joel. So um, how would we like Joel to read the synopsis? Singing it. Um, yeah, buddy's buddy's singing voice. Yeah, sing yeah. It? Sing last week. Have you always got to sing, sing again? It. Okay, well, there you go. And again, so go. <laughs> sing it like Buddy the Elf is, you know, singing to his dad. Okay. After discovering he is a human, <laughs> a man raised as an elf at the North Pole decides to travel to New York to locate his real father. There you okay. go. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> well done. Well done, Joel. Perfect. You <laughs> Okay, now, uh, without further hesitation, um, allow me to kick off proceedings. Right, so, want a good, clean trial here, guys. I do have a gavel somewhere. Here we go. What is that? It's Mr. Alifan. I've got it for, in case, you know, in case we need some musical interludes, because you just don't know, do you? Right, anyway, good, clean trial. Um, and I think I'm going to start off with just a general overview, a bit of a sort of like backstory. Like what is this film about? I'm going to start with the defense. So, Dave, if you would, mm-hmm. please give me a bit of an overview as to what Elf is all about and why it's such a Christmas classic. Okay, so as you say, this is 2003's Elf. Will Ferrell stars as Buddy the Elf. Now, as a baby, he was raised in an orphanage. Santa came to visit, was dropping off presents. Little baby Buddy snuck away inside Santa's sack of presents and wound up at the North Pole, kind of kind of stowed away and wound up at the North Pole. And he was adopted by one of Santa's elves and raised as an elf, never knowing that he was human, despite the fact that Will Ferrell is six foot three and the elves are far more diminutive in stature. It never twigged. It never twigged until he's, I'd say, around a 35-year-old man where he's told the truth. Um, they do. Santa and the elves know the name of his father, his biological father, so he decides to travel to New York to track him down to find out the truth about himself and his human roots. And he's essentially, this is one of your, your finest fish-out-of-water uh, Christmas films. You know, we see the same thing with Christmas Chronicles, with Santa kind of being a fish out of water. Now we've got one of his elves. And in this, yeah, he basically goes around New York. He's full of Christmas cheer. He's such an optimistic, lively, lovable character. And New York maybe isn't the best place for a lively, lovable, bubbly character. You know, people tend to be quite surly, or at least in the stereotypical fashion of New York. So he's in Chris- it's Christmas. He's in New York. He's tracked down his dad, and he's trying to fit in with his dad's new life and trying to make a name for himself, trying to, trying to get through life, basically. Trying to spread a little Christmas cheer as he goes. Very optimistic film, loveful film, one for all the family. Okay, very well summed up there, Dave. Um, Alex, Mr. Grinch, would you please like to tell <laughs> hey, us? Hey, now come on, that is not that is not a huge. <laughs> impo- you just spent about five minutes talking about how impartial you are, and then that, <laughs> that's how you. All, really- like, all I'm going to say is the prosecution's job today is to tell me why Elf is not sure. a Christmas classic. That, that, that's all what I was, uh, just what I was getting at. I'm sorry. Tell me what's wrong with Elf. Why isn't it great? And why is Dave just wrong, playing wrong? Like he's, Dave's, you know, right. You know, it, it, that is the setup to the film, you know, but that is all the film really has. It's yeah. It does have to fish out of water a bit for the first half of it, right? But then it doesn't sustain it for the rest of it. Basically, the film is just a series of sketches at first. And I'm going to say 
they're quite funny sketches. I'm not saying that this film is like completely the worst film that's ever been made, but it's just a series of sketches and they're quite small sketches. And at first they're quite funny, you know, he's a bit of fish out of water. He's spreading the Christmas cheer, but they just get increasingly annoying to be honest. You know, there's the, the three main parts of it is he's sort of gets a job working in a toy store. Then he tries to like connect with his dad. Uh, and then he um, starts to have a relationship with Zooey uh, Deschanel. Um, but there's no oh, payoff to any of it. It's, it's Zoe, man. Remember, we did no, this. Sorry. <laughs> I, say Zoe. I actually meant to say so. <laughs> right, sorry, uh, with Zoe Deschanel. Um, and there's just no payoff to it, okay? There's, there's all these different elements going on, but there's just nothing really at the end where it all ties up. You know, I, I think the, films, the filmmakers, I think John Favreau knew this as he was making it, and he sort of, he sort of in, intersperses this bit halfway through. Well, no let's say three quarters of the way through where Santa just comes in out of nowhere, the sleigh breaks down and then the film takes a completely different pitch. It set up all of these things about his job, about his dad and his love interests. Then it goes in a totally different direction and it's just no payoff. You know, the dad's story is really, really well done. You know, it's got a really big setup. There's good laughs there between James Kahn, but then James Kahn just sort of like isn't in the rest of the film. It's not resumed properly. He goes from this Grinch to like, oh, being full of Christmas joy. But we never really see much. And we never see the resolution between him and Buddy. So you never see him being accepted into his family. or And that's the whole premise of the film. So it's, it's quite odd that they just skip straight past it. You know, I'm not saying that a Christmas film needs to go into deep psychological family. But, you know, if you, if you spend half the film setting up this you got to pay it off and it could have been done in a very light funny way the love story as well i've got to say the love between him and you know, he spends most of the film showing that he's got a mental age of a five-year-old which is super that's super nice that's super funny right but it's it just feels slightly inappropriate that he then starts having like a relationship with her do you know what i mean it just seems a little bit odd and then when you see about you know at the end they have a child it's like mm, i don't know no i don't know because he's literally at one point he's draw drawing crayon drawings and it's like he's it's like he's a five-year-old you know so i i think the film was sort of going for a, a, a meh sort of feeling i don't think it was going for the heartstrings but i think that it's achieved it it's no, it's just not a christmas classic and one thing as well that annoyed me about the story was right you've got Santa's sleigh breaks down at the end, and that's when I think the film, this is when the film sort of goes off the rails a little bit. And he's trapped in Central Park, and the film introduces these really weird villains, which are like the Central Park Rangers, which are just these like fascists on horseback, right? That are going to like try and catch Santa, right? And you know what I mean? And, and in my mind, you're thinking about what's going to happen when these fascists on horseback meet Santa, and it's like, well, I'm guessing you know, the film sort of leads you to believe they're going to take the nightsticks out and, and beat Santa to death in Central Park. You know what I mean? There's, there's no other logical conclusion to that storyline. So, I mean, I don't... Is that a Santa... Is that a Christmas film you want to see? Santa being beaten to death by fascists in Central Park? Like, I think I might prefer it to well. <laughs> fair play. So, yeah, it, uh, th that's my rebuttal to that argument. Okay, thank you very much. Um, it's Joel, Dave, do either of you want to come back on anything Alex has said before we move on to the next point? Yeah, I mean, Alex said this isn't a Christmas classic. I mean, it couldn't be more wrong, could be, let's be fair. Like, they've even made Broadway shows of this. There's, like, Elf on Ice, you know, there's musical versions of Elf now. There's a cartoon version of Elf. You know, this is so popular that they've tried to, like, milk it for every single cent that it's worth. Um, but it's worth it. It's one of those films that you can definitely watch every year and you'll still laugh. Like I, I watched it for this and I laughed at stuff that, you know, 
I don't usually laugh at. Like there's a bit where um, Buddy's at his dad's for for dinner and he just like downs a bottle of coke, and I just laughed at that because I thought it was funny. Like there's all sorts of you know different types of humor in here as well. It's like the, one of those multi-layered films that I always talk about, like with Pixar, um, like when you can watch it with your kids and they'll find things funny but you know you yourself an adult no matter the age you're going to find things funny in there as well um and obviously being a christmas film there's a few different types of christmas film of course but like this is just one of those that will really get you in the mood for christmas like the the whole kind of theme and festive spirit like runs all the way through uh this film and the acting you know whether you love will ferrell or hate him you know he's perfect for this role of kind of like an an adolescent who you know hasn't really matured properly because it ha- hasn't really been outside in the in the real world, um, and I, th- I think he just sells it really well. And you know, it, it is definitely one of those films, as I say, that you can watch every year, and you're not going to be too bored of. It. You know, it's a bit like something like Die Hard in that respect. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen it, you know, you're still entertained by it. And uh, you know, it's rare, I would say, for a film for a film to do that and for it to be considered a Christmas classic, you know, it's definitely got to hit those notes and, and Elf definitely does that. Okay. Um, it's a Christmas classic on par with Die Hard. Um, Austin, uh, any, any comments about that or is there anything that you want to add if you want to move on to the next topic, script, dialogue, comedy? I mean, I, you know, we, we've, we had the argument in our first year of running this Diada Christmas film as well, you know, just because it came out at Christmas and happens to be set at Christmas doesn't necessarily make something a Christmas film. And just because this happens to be about elves and Father Christmas, I don't think that makes it a Christmas classic. This, you know, I, I will just move on because Alex summed the whole thing up. It's just disjointed. It's a whole brand, you know, just a whole uh, shit show of um of just uh you know little little clips it's just like he's taken him from saturday night live and let's just let him do his thing doing loads of little sketches around new york city and it just doesn't we're just disjointed it's like a it just doesn't work as a story so um and that sort of leads on to the script is i think the script must have been bare bones and they just let will ferrell um, run feral, maybe just like just do whatever you want. How, how long have you been thinking about that? And I just can't imagine that's, and I think that's why um, the guy from The Godfather just didn't like him. I think that I think that's genuine anger. Just, there's just no way those on at all. He, he hates being in that film, and um, and I think it's really clear that that they just aren't friends and are never going to be friends. Um, I didn't think it just didn't feel like funny to me. It felt really. No, I was going to say childish, but I don't even think it's childish. I think it's just not, it's just not my humor whatsoever. The picking, chewing gum off the, the railings, you know, running around. It, it, it is just tiny little sketch shows. It might've been funny if it was, um, if it was a TV show and it was just a clip show, you know, something like, um, oh, what's this guy with the big massive telephone? Uh, oh, jolly. Yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. So it's just like a Christmas Dom Jolly sketch. He just... wouldn't watch Christmas Tom Jolly, though, was he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I just, I didn't think, I thought it was like moments, like I thought, I think it's colourful. I think there's definitely glimmers of of Christmas in it and it felt like it had a, you know, it's it's got the theme and it's got potential to have been a great film. But I think that because everyone in it had never done, you know, like Will Ferrell had never been a lead. Uh, John Favreau had only done one film before. Like, 
I just don't think anybody really knew what they were doing, and it feels like that's the case. We just well, like just put something together and then see see how it goes. And I think you know they got lucky that he'd just been in a massive smash hit, so um, people came to watch it regardless and thought it was it was fine. Um, what was Will the massive smash hit? I can't remember. I don't know the name. I just know that he came, he would been in a film that came out like two weeks before this got released. Okay. Ah, right. Okay. Um, right. Okay. Thank you very much, Ozzy. Um, Dave, Will Ferrell runs Ferrell. That is probably <laughs> the most amount of work Ozzy has put into anything in this podcast before. Yeah, I love- Way I put those jingle bells into the intro. As well. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, okay. So, and, and also, uh, James Kahn and Will Ferrell didn't get on. It's been a while since I've watched it. I can't remember them being a frosty relationship. Is, is that true? And also, just a general point how's the script, the comedy, what's it like? Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna tackle the James Khan Will Ferrell issue first. They got on um, just fine in this. I think you know the performances are really well done. Insofar as you know, James Khan did not want this son to come out of the ether. You know, he he didn't know he had a son. Now he's turned up, and he's not just a regular guy. He thinks he's an elf, or he's been raised as an elf. So I think you can understand why James Khan's character could be a bit frosty. But apparently, the two actors, the relationship is fine. James Khan was cast because he was such a stern figure. John Favreau saw him as quite authoritarian. He thought he could be a good foil to, to Will Ferrell's kind of like childlike wonder and effervescent joy. But um, if you look at the scene, there's a bit where uh, James Caan takes Buddy to the, the doctor and he has to give blood and Will Ferrell screams. If you watch James Caan in that scene, he has to turn away from the camera because he's laughing. He was having a great time on set. He cracked up at that point, you know, he's, and that happened a few times throughout the film. That's the only one that actually made it into the final cut. But if you look at the outtakes, they were having a great time on set together. I dispute anyone who says that, that you know they didn't get along um as far as the christmas dom jolly bit there is a great segment and it's only a couple of minutes long it's not the entire film but there's this one segment where um john favreau will ferrell and one solitary cameraman basically went out around new york and just mingled with people you know he keeps taking flyers from the same people you know because they're just giving out flyers so he said thank you keeps taking them gets shoe sites and he's playing hopscotch across a pedestrian crossing that was all done in the surrounds of real new york with real people wandering around and, but it's only a two-minute segment, and it's it's an enjoyable segment. It is very much uh, the sort of thing Trigger Happy TV would do. But it's a nice little uh, insert in the middle of the film. You know, a little, as he arrives in New York, you get to see some of the city. You get to see him mingling with people. And the genuine reactions of, of the citizens of New York are, are in, in some cases, brilliant to behold. So I think that's a really great scene. And as far as the, the script goes... The script was originally written in 1993. Um, it never really got off the ground. Um, it was David, um, I did write his name down, David Benenbaum did the original script back in 93. And no one picked it up then. Uh, it was originally designed to be a Jim Carrey vehicle, uh, but it never got off the ground. And it kind of just, the script was one of those that just floated. Sorry, man? That would have worked better, I think. <laughs> I, I, I don't dispute it would have worked, but I'm not sure about better. But um, it kind of just flows it around for a bit until John Favreau got his hands on it, and he wanted Will Ferrell. The studio said no for the same reasons as, as Austin outlined, that he was just an SNL star at that point. Uh, he'd done Zoolander. He'd appeared briefly in the Austin Powers films. That was about it, really. So it was a gamble casting Will Ferrell, but a gamble that very much paid off. And Will Ferrell and his comedy writing partner from SNL actually – 
played with the script a little bit. I wouldn't say they ran Ferrell, Austin, but it's, <laughs> they played with the script and they brought it more under to Will Ferrell's style of humor, which is why it works so well, which is why he's able to deliver it so well and why the character seems so fleshed out and well portrayed because he has been able to to play with the script a little bit and they altered the script because it was apparently quite dark at first um it was still a comedy film but in the original script uh buddy was more or less exiled from the north pole you know the other elves bullied him because he was different and they basically exiled him so he had no choice but to go for new york where john favreau wanted to rein this in a bit and make it more of a family film you know the elves of the north pole are good people you know they're friendly understanding patient people and you know that's what you get throughout the film you get this feeling of good you know this was a family film it's only got a pg rating and there's a lot of stuff that john favreau kept out of it so it kept that pg rating and could be enjoyed i'd say from anyone from the ages of six seven upwards and because of that you know the script it's enjoyable it's accessible by all and you know even though the script was tampered with i think it was all for the better Okay, thank you very much, Dave. Once again, very well put. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts about the script? Dave says here that, you know, although it was tampered with, it did work well. And there was sort of that improvisational feel to it also. You mentioned about, you know, um, John Favreau and Will Ferrell going out and capturing that sort of trigger-happy type uh, scenes or those type scenes on uh, the streets of New York and that actually worked well with the film. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, did it work well? Did it not work well? No, I mean, I understand why this script wasn't made for 10 years. You know, it, it it doesn't really, there isn't much of a script, I would say, behind it. And especially, like, you know, I'll go back to my only point, the ending where the script just seems, most of the preceding script just seems pretty pointless after that point. Um, you know, yeah, some of, like, again, you know, some of the bits, some of the little sketches work, you know, they're okay, but that's all they are. They're just like little disjointed sketches. And I think, you know, it, yeah, there are there is a bit where they're just walking around New York, but it's also the bits where he's with the family and he's eating the spaghetti and the, the candy and then he's eating it again and then he's doing it again and then he's doing it again. And, then, you know, after a while you're a bit like, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 okay. You just get a little bit tired towards the second half of the film. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Will Ferrell. I've never really seen even, and I know Mrs. Sacrage, even in Anchorman, I never quite got the the buzz. I, got... <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting next to you, Gav, like literally sat next to you, Gav, while you were just pissing yourself laughing, and I, I was just, you know, when you're like, ah ha ha, uh, I just, I just, I've never quite, I've never quite got it. Maybe that's just me thing. I think he's a good supporting actor, but in this film, he's just playing it too daft. He's just too silly all the way through to be like a believable protagonist that you can really get behind. It's just, it's daft all the time and he's just a child all the time and he doesn't really change much at all, all the way through it. So, you know, you can't really get behind a character that has absolutely no um, character arc. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's the same, James Kahn is really good in this, but he's limited by the fact that you don't really end, you don't see the end to his story. Why, why don't you see the end to it? You know, that's, that's really, really annoying. And, you know, I'll come to that. This is a Christmas film, and a big part of Christmas is Santa, right? Well, for me, this is like the grumpiest Santa you've ever seen. Like, there's no like kindness to this Santa. He's just a grumpy, grumpy guy. And while I'm on Santa, I just want you to. I just want to point out that neither of the defence countered my point about the uh, Central Park Rangers beating Santa to death. <laughs> So, so well, you think I'm quite late What I'd say is, you know, imagine if they caught him and they put Santa in prison. What you'd potentially end up with is that scene from the Christmas Chronicles where 
they start, you know, Santa starts singing in prison and, you know, really, <laughs> no one, who, who no wants to watch no. that, you know? No, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I, I don't see anybody wants that. I retract my feet. I don't see Ed Arsenal leading a musical number. I'm sorry. I think. Is that, guys, yeah, is no, it fair and, to say that um, Elf wishes that it could be on the same level as Christmas Chronicles? You've touched on a good point there, but I'd also... Uh, just like to mention uh, Alex's point about, you know, James Khan's Walter character. Like, I, I would say he does have, you know, some resolution. Like, he only cares about his job at the start of his film. You know, it's all about his work. You know, he, even his uh, other child is, um, you know, getting neglected. And he actually speaks to Buddy. Um, you know, when Buddy says he's the best dad in the world, um, you know, he says, like, no, he isn't. You know, he only really cares about his work. And by the end of the film, obviously, he is uh you know a family man he, he puts his kids first and he makes that book um based on on buddy and he and he makes his own business so it's a happy ending in a way but it's also um you, you know there's definitely a character arc i would say for for everybody i think it's it's totally resolved by the end of the film okay thank you very much um joel uh, yeah well now we we're talking about characters i think it's probably the best time to move on to discuss characters in more detail and um, just like to say firstly to winston um that is not a cup of tea in the background without a coaster on um so uh, i don't know what he's looking at there uh, anybody who knows me knows that i'm coaster obsessed mainly because you know I, I buy furniture and i don't want little rings left on them um and my friends seem to think that that's very odd but anyway no it's not there's, there's all Always coasters. Look, there's one right here. Always come prepared. Uh, anyway, moving on to characters. So um, Joel has touched upon a couple of points there. Um, Alex, you raised one earlier about James Khan. His character sort of not really being developed that much because you don't really seem to get an end resolution. You know what actually happens between him and Buddy and their relationship. Joel said that you do kind of see that. You know, you have this nice um, resolution with he puts his kids first and then he writes the book about Buddy. Um, Austin. Uh, can we have a, a few a, a bit yeah. of insights from you? <laughs> yeah, like particularly on James Khan's character is that he is a grumpy, um, like CEO. You know, I mean, you're meant to believe that he's like a really well-educated man to be running. You know, he's the he's the the CEO of a, a publishing company essentially, and he's happy to let shit out with empty pages. So you get this idea that he's just all about the money. Then his kid says that he's, you know, he's a bad dad. He doesn't come to anything. He's sort of telling Buddy that, no, he's a bad dad. You don't want to, it's not worth, you know, even spending any time on him. And then gets the Christmas Eve and he like just voluntarily makes himself redundant. You don't see, no, up to that point, he's still just a bad dad. He's just a, a horrible man right up until Christmas Eve. He's not changed. He's not done anything differently. He kicks Buddy out, you know, basically throws him out on the street because he just wants nothing to do with him. And then suddenly on Christmas Eve, he decides, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave and go and get Buddy. Uh, I'm going to voluntarily make myself redundant on Christmas Eve, can't look after my family, and, and, and things will just work out. And then even when it gets to the very last scene, like that last third, so that, you know, the, the wrapping up of the entire thing, which is basically his character arc, it, it's, just, it's just so rapid that... You know, gets to gets to he's not even singing at the end until the last you know two minutes. He's the only one who can make the the sleigh fly. Is he's the only one not singing? And as soon as he you know lets out a sort of sarcastic uh, verse of whatever song it was that they were putting out at the end, then the the, the sleigh flies right and and he's you know all good and and he's a top dad. 
he's done a great job and, and everyone's happy again. It's just, it's so, it's just a caricature throughout, you know, everyone in there is just a, a caricature. You've got uh, Zoe Deschanel's character is just, you know, just quirky girl in an elf suit, um, you know, just a, as love interest, no, nothing else really about her, just to do the montage. Buddy, I mean, he's just frustrating, like just a frustrating, horrible character, like a creepy, meant to be sweet, but it's just, it's just odd. Like it's just not an enjoyable character to go beyond. And there's no resolution for him either. He's just one level the entire time, just stupid for the entire film. He doesn't doesn't grow up. Nothing, nothing happens to him. Um, so not his mum, but, uh, you know, sort of stepmom type character. I mean, she's just a, a, a nothing character. She's literally just, just, just a woman to make spaghetti bolognese. Like there's no, nothing else about her in the film. And the kids, the little, little Michael, he gets picked on for the, you know, again, he's just an annoying, there's nobody has any, there's no character development throughout this, this film. And I'm not saying that you always need it, but it, it's just everything just thrown together, like we said at the start. So they don't change because otherwise the, the scenes don't, um, these little, you know, skits, these little, uh, they don't work out. But if the characters change in between and then they just don't work and that's that's frustrating over an hour and a half, you know, that not nobody changes. There's no t- coherent storyline. It's like the first half of the movie is guy gets loose in New York, doesn't know what he's doing. The second half of the movie, it's suddenly... Um, we're on like a, a search for a, the engine to Santa's sleigh. And then it's just wrapped up so quick. It's just, no, no, there's no time for development. It just doesn't make any sense. But when you say gets loose, do you mean like he is, like he gets really drunk and he gets sort of like, hey, I'm getting a bit loose. Or do you mean like he's like a <laughs> escaped like, animal? Yeah, but he doesn't really like around. He did mention it before that, you know, turn, he... uh, almost joker <laughs> he kills a few guys on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he, could have, he totally goes over the top with that snowball fight. Like, <laughs> you're saying that a couple of those kids may have been paralyzed he's playing against kids and he's you know yeah. he's doing it like it's called they a duty come in, don't pretend oh, no. <laughs> we've all had those snowball fights where someone just takes it too seriously and that, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like First yeah. three minutes, someone's just you know. packing it and just yeah just not fun yeah, so what I do is I tend to get a rock and I just put some snow around it. <laughs> We've all had those snowball fights with you, guys. <laughs> no, uh, okay, thank you very much for that, Ozzy. Um, yeah, okay. So, Dave, anything that you want to come back on there? You tell me a little bit about the characters um, and also a little bit more about Santa. And I wanted to pick this up as a, a separate topic but Alex mentioned Ed Aston and Santa before and he's a bit grumpy and unlikable so tell me a little bit about the characters uh, if there's any resolution go into a bit about Buddy the Elf and then also Ed Aston and Santa if you would yeah, I'd love to talk about the characters. I'd also just like to say the reason why I didn't tackle Alex's only logical conclusion to the film, which is Santa getting beaten to death with <laughs> nightsticks by horseback fascists, was because that, that was such an illogical conclusion. I didn't think it was worth it. How, how dare you? How dare you? It wasn't even worth your time. How... It was not worth my time. It was a crazy <laughs> scraping of the barrel. Uh, yeah, there is no villain. 
There is no villain in this. Well, film. yeah, the Central Park Rangers, you know, are the closest and thing to a villain, but they're in it for like a minute or so at the back, and it's just like, uh oh, watch out for the Park Rangers, you know, it's, because it's they're not... going to kick Santa to death. They're going to kill Santa, <laughs> yeah, of course, as Park Rangers are, are known to do, you know. It's, but uh, no, I didn't want to come back against that one particularly. But character-wise, Alex is right. This is a grumpy Santa. This is Ed Asner. Now, when John Favreau made the film, he wanted to cast a lot of actors that he'd seen on TV. He wanted to go for kind of a, an old nostalgic film. And he, to do that, he wanted to cast like old actors that he'd seen, like Bob Newhart and Ed Asner, and people that he knew from TV, people who'd been in Christmas films on TV. That's why he brought Ed Asner into this. Now, Ed Asner's take on it is to essentially be much like Ed Asner is in many of his roles. You know, he started out in the Mary Tyler Moore show playing kind of a grumpy, cantankerous uh, producer. And that's essentially what he's carried on through here. You know, he's, he's probably best known these days for playing grumpy, cantankerous Carl Fredrickson uh, in the Up film. You know, so it's uh, this is what Ed Asner does, and he does it brilliantly. He's still the Santa we know with a heart of gold. You know, he's a very kind man. You know, when he, he gives Buddy warnings about going off to New York and gives him a few pointers and says, you know, be be warned, your dad is on the naughty list, you know. <laughs> He's he's a nice man. He does seem to come across a bit more cantankerous. He's less jolly. He's more driven, more focused, but... I don't think there's anything wrong with a fresh portrayal of Santa. We've seen everything before. How do you make it different? And I think the thing is just to bring your your trademark signature stamp to it, which is what Ed Asner does. Um, I disagree that Mary Steenburgen, who plays uh, James Caan's wife in this, is just there to make spaghetti. I think she is the foil <laughs> that, is, that is needed to James Caan's character because at the start of the film, he's not receptive to Buddy at all. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want this new son. Uh, and I think it was if it was left down to him, he would have been out on the street. Um, so she is the one who kind of like persuades him. She's his humanity. Sorry? I'd have left him on the street too. Christ. I'm sure you would have, but that's because you've got Mary Steenburgen in your life. What <laughs> she does is she reins him back in and she basically, she provides that humanity that he's lacking at that point. Just like he's your son, you can't turf him out. In time, James Caan's character, Walter, starts to realize this on his own. The character does start to develop. There's gradual changes throughout the film and then one sudden one right at the end where he basically decides, yeah, you know what? My kids are more important to me than, than this job, than this publishing firm. And he does what we never would have dreamed we'd see him do when he walks out of a, a crisis meeting on Christmas Eve to go find Buddy who's gone missing. You know, the character does have a huge development and it's, it's gradual changes, then one sudden moment of catharsis. And then I presume that his character continues to grow. What well, we see he does, he makes a, a book about Buddy. His character does continue to develop after the film's events have transpired. You know, this character is has had his catharsis moment his main release and now he's off and his characters has developed and buddy has brought out the best in him buddy is not creepy in any way shape or form <laughs> I, I dispute that he's he's got a wonderful childlike innocence to him you know it's uh it's, it's this really joyous character you can't help but like him it's charming that is the word i would stick with with this one his character is just so charming and likable and i find will ferrell quite annoying at times i i don't like all of his films i don't like all of his roles this is one I think he was born to play. This, he really made his own. You know, this could have been very different with a different character, sorry, with a different actor in the mix. But I think Will Ferrell did a fantastic job with this one. Like I said, James Kahn is a fall to buddy with his grumpy attitude, but also Zoe Deschanel. Sorry, Deschanel. It's biopic, biopic all over again. I tell you, it's, it's got me doing it. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel's character, she's more than just uh, a quirky girl in a suit. She, again, is a foil to Buddy's antics. You know, she's got quite uh, a dry cynicism, got very dry wit, very cynical. 
but still with a heart of gold. She's still a good person. But her dry sense of humor goes perfectly hand in hand with Buddy's kind of wacky sense of humor. It sets him up for many jokes. You know, it works with the script so well. And I think, yeah, the characters are really well done. It's perfectly cast, this film. You know, Zoe Deschanel has now pretty much made a career of playing characters like Jovi. Ed Asner was at the uh, towards the end of his career, having played characters just like his Santa before. The casting was perfect. And these actors were ideal for their roles. And they made them their own in their own way. Okay, yeah, uh, that's great. Thank you very much, uh, Dave. Uh, just to say that uh, we have had somebody who agrees with uh, Alex here. Um, Chris uh, says that Will Ferrell is jog overrated and Anchorman is lame. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I mean, Chris, who? Uh, yeah, Chris, who? Chris, Me and Chris, you, Chris. For sure. Um, uh, so, yeah, it all makes that, sense now. <laughs> <laughs> them's a fine word. So if we do have, uh, if we do put Anchorman on trial, we can start with that. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, just a reminder, everybody, as well, if you do have any questions for the gang, please submit them in the caption, uh, sorry, in the comments section below. And also, if you've got a caption for our caption contest, the, the, the image is Will Ferrell's Buddy the Elf being attacked by a raccoon. What is the caption? Submit it in the comments section. Best one could win a special prize. Lovely stuff. Okay, Ozzy, I noticed before you wanted a quick rebuttal at Dave. What would you? What were you trying to say? Oh, it doesn't matter now. Dave's moved on, and I feel like it would have been funnier if I had just put in. But it was really <laughs> about uh, Dave's use of the word charming. I don't know if you remember last week when Dave uh, sung the praises of a film which I think is actually all right, Noel. <laughs> Dave didn't really like it, and the only word he could think to use yeah. that was offensive was the word charming and he only he thinks the film isn't actually that good and is not really defensible so he uses a very light-hearted word such as charming like there's nothing redeemable about buddy the elf and he is not sweet and innocent the guy was in the women's locker room like i can't imagine he would it's a 30 year old man and like granted he's not been around humans but she has a unit it was a unit so she knows, knowing there's, there's a very clear uh, women's sign on the door, like throughout the entire scene. And she's showering. I think you know what I mean. It's, yeah. So she, yeah, she I mean, knows. yeah. To be fair, she's not we, there with his pants off, though, is he? Like, he's, he's sat, <laughs> sat on the singing along. He's not attempting to look at her in any shape or form. He's just singing along to a song that he likes. It, it's, it's weird on both levels, right? Because A, Will Ferrell's quite a lot older than Zoe Deschanel. So that you think that's odd in the first place. But then you've got the juxtaposition of mentally, she's like, like 20 years older than him. And so it's a very weird little mix going on in your mind. <laughs> As these, as this child who's can like draws in crayons and like sweeties is like at the end. Do you know what I mean? Is a father. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it it's it doesn't seem. Well, I mean, to, to be honest, Alex. I mean, my wife finds something about me quite nice. I, I don't know what that is. So, <laughs> I mean, most of the time I'm <laughs> I'm eating spaghettis and M and M's and drawing crayons, sticking people's um, faces on a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> On when we one of the other things Dave said there was about how well it was. Uh, I'm sure that you say something about pacing. Is that you know, me again? I'm sure it's fucking rigged. Yeah. Fredo weighs it always towards your face. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, right. Order for a sec. Right, order. Um, Alex just kind of raised a really good point here. The sort of the relationship between Buddy and Jovi, essentially like a central part of the plot. And he says it's not very convincing because of the one sort of not age gap, but also the sort of the, uh, well, yeah, a little bit about the physical and mental age gap. Um, Joel, how would you come back at that? 
Uh, I would say if you're thinking about that type of stuff when you're watching this film, you know, you're missing the whole point of the film. Um, like, you know, I think you could easily, like, flip that round and say, well, she's, like, you know, she's not interested in the physical side of somebody. She's not. She's more interested in who they are as a person. And, you know, Will Ferrell's buddy kind of constantly shows how caring he is to other people. You know, he goes out his way to help people. He goes out his way to, um, you know, selflessly and unpaid work, basically, um, to, to make the department store look really nice. You know, and yeah, you know, if you look at it in that way, it is a little bit strange. But again, I would just say that if you are looking at it in that way, you know, it's are you saying there's a problem with really... Joel? You're saying there's I'm saying thing. mentally, you know, there may be a bit of a problem with you. It's probably one too I... many nights on Pornhub. <laughs> Live TV, Aussie, Aussie, where are the beeps? Where are the beeps? I mean, that was telegraphed Aussie, do you know what I mean? It's always at that point, this point in the show, Aussie brings up porn do you know what I mean? Just really interested where he was going to take it. Sorry. You're supposed to have your finger on the pulse, man. If you say anything about me, I've got my finger right on it. Right. Maybe so I could convince everybody with a cute dog. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, right. So, so, so we're getting out off, off topic here, right? <laughs> a little. <laughs> Did you want to come back, uh, um, Joel? Um, yeah, I'm going to skip past his last statement. <laughs> no, just, um, <laughs> just to say that the whole scenes with uh, Zoe, right, it's about four scenes, really, where he sort of meets her for the first time. Of course, you know how many scenes there are. <laughs> <laughs> meets her again, and then asks her out, and then they have a date. And then that's pretty much it. So there's not a lot going on, but there is, I'm sorry, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I'm pretty sure everyone watching this is just a bit of a... Mm, where are they? Where are they going to go with this? And it's a surprise that they go all the way. If you see what I mean. I don't see what you mean. <laughs> well, <laughs> then I'm not elaborating. Oh, yeah. Why was he so slow on his on his on his buttons? I'm not elaborating. <laughs> Joel, Joel, are you still with us, Joel? I'm still with you. Okay, if we can't even if we can't even keep one of the members of the team <laughs> engaged throughout the entire episode, how are we going to do it for the process? He went to have a play with his dog for it. Right, okay, right, right, okay, right. Is there anything else that anybody wants to discuss about this film, whether it be the comedy, whether it be the characters, whether it just be in general, anything that hasn't been brought up already? So starting with Dave. I would just like to talk a little about John Favreau's direction in this and the kind of vision he had for this film. So I mentioned before that he's he went for nostalgia. He went for TV actors for a lot of the roles, people that weren't necessarily known for their film work. And that was because he very much saw this um, as kind of like a classic sort of Christmas film. One of the biggest films they had in America, it wasn't as big over here, it was 1964. It was a TV film, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm sure you've seen the animation. It was kind of stop-motion animation. Uh, you may not have seen the full film, but I'm sure you've seen clips of it. And that was one of his iconic films uh, growing up. That was one of his iconic childhood Christmas films. And that is why uh, the elves' costumes are basically an homage to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and classic films like that. The set of the North Pole, you know, you could say, oh, it looks it looks fake or something, but there's a real charm to it. It is like it is the set of a stop-motion animation uh, studio. And also even the animals. John Favreau didn't want to use CGI 
in this film wherever possible. He had to do it for the sleigh and things like that and some of the snow snow effects. But the animals of the North Pole, there's a, a baby polar bear he chats to and a, a puffin for some reason. I don't know why it's a puffin in the North Pole. But he has a chat with these for a bit. And they're stop motion animated creatures. The baby polar bear is, in fact, voiced by uh, godfather of stop motion animation, Ray Harryhausen. Oh. Which is a nice, nice little nod there. Um, and also, when it came to shooting the elves, which are obviously much smaller than uh, <laughs> than Will Ferrell, he did kind of a forced perspective. That was his. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Sorry, no. We're just, just laughing shoot, about shooting elves. He did forced perspective. Um, so essentially, what you had there was it was shooting the same thing, but two different sets were built. One for the actors playing the elves, one for Will Ferrell, and he kind of just could just splice the uh, the scenes together with the, with the clever lighting and editing. So he avoided CGI wherever possible, and he basically paid homage to these classic films from his childhood, and in doing so, created a nostalgia fest, but also a very fresh take on the fish out of water Christmas story, and a self-made Christmas classic. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Dave. Um, so. Austin, I'll, why is that uh, wrong? You know what? I'll actually I'll concede that the um, I thought the stop motiony bit and the North Pole bit was was a nice choice to do to not do the um, that that bit in on its own works quite well. It's very technically uh, clever. You know, I think it's a nice use of um, of you know film school type uh, type tactics. You know, I thought the uh, the stop motion was really clever. It was. And it ties it into the Rudolph, the, uh, the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which I have seen. Um, and I think this is, you know, it's a very clear uh, homage to that. You know, the colours are the same. There's a whole host of things which really work, make it feel Christmassy at that point. Um, but, it's the, you know, it's not even the first quarter of the film. It's just the initial setup. And then after that, it's gone. You know, it's it's a complete... It. it it's a kind of a waste of money, really. They've just... They could have spent a bit longer. They could have developed the elves. The elves are... Um, you know they're not part of the story. I, I I get that the story is really about Elf coming to New York City, but that's um it, it just felt like a, a huge amount of almost uh, showboating. It's just like a nice way. Look what I can do. I'm a really clever director, and I really like Jean Favreau. You know he's made at least two of films that I've watched. <laughs> wow, <laughs> two two of the like thirty <laughs> films you've ever watched in your life. Yeah. Oh, he's done Avengers as well, didn't he? There we go. He's done he's done at least six. Uh, film I've uh, that I've watched. You know, Chef is a is a great film, but that's a guy at the pinnacle. This is the guy at the start of his career. <laughs> when, we watched, um, when we talked about Wes Anderson, when we were talking about the Bottle Rocket, you know, you guys hated that because it's just somebody sort of showing some promise. And then uh, not Dave, Dave, Dave. I, I'll take that back. Dave quite enjoyed Bottle Rocket because it showed a lot of promise of a of a director who is a you know had real potential and was about to become something amazing. Ozzy, um, I'm going to have to get you back on topic. This is what you do. You just start liking stuff to other things. <laughs> yeah, and what I'm trying to trying to put to it is that, yeah, he's really clever and he's done some really good stuff at the start, but it just doesn't really fit. You know, it, it, it it's just part of the, the, um, the sketch show type comedy. It's just a nice touch to do. That false perspective is just a nice bit for the first, you know, 10 minutes just to show some funny comedy around... Um, around the elves and show that these people are little and he's tall, you know, and then a little throwback at the end when you've got um, the guy with the, uh, Peter Dinklage, you know, like just to start talking to my elves again at the end. It, it's just, I don't know, you know, it just didn't feel like it was her. Uh, okay. Right. So, yeah. useful. I was saying that like 
the elves should have been a bigger part of it. You know, who Buddy is, his elf heritage, it should have been a bigger aspect. Uh, Joel, do you agree or disagree? And is there anything else that you would like to put to us before we close this trial? Well, so am I going to be like disagreeing with the fact that there should be more elf heritage in the film? <laughs> I'm not That's what Ozzy's just said. Ozzy's just said it's called elf. You'd expect there to be more elves in the... But to be well, fair, Ozzy, you know, I'll, I'll compare it again. Though. I'll compare it again to uh, the Christmas Chronicles. Just be thankful that there aren't any of those little stupid-ass fucking tiny little elves that are really annoying and <laughs> run, run around messing, messing up stuff. Um, listen, listen, mate. Stay on topic. No, no dissing. The Christmas <laughs> you just said you, you said thank God that there was none of those shitty CGI elves in the Christmas conference. <laughs> yeah, come on, give us a warning here. Come on. He was quite right. close that time. I think he guessed it pretty well. <laughs> okay. But, um, um, you know, I'll just round up nicely by saying you. Everybody else in the world considers this a Christmas classic. You know, it's one of them films where even if you don't like it. You know, you have to appreciate that fact. You know, it's like, let me compare it to something like the Beatles, right? I may not love the Beatles, but I don't deny that they're like, you know, a classic band and they started off a whole movement and that type of thing. Um, it's the same with Elf, whether you love it or you hate it. You can't deny the absolute influence that Elf has had on society as a whole today. You know, we wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for Elf. And I'll just leave it there. Okay. Right, we shouldn't be, I'm glad we shouldn't be where we are. It's not good, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Let us down the dark path. So, um, Alex, yeah. being a big fan of the Beatles as well, yeah, I, no, I how, how do you respond to Joel's... I mean, it's hard to disagree with everyone on the planet, as Joel has said, loves Elf. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that's not true. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to liken this to a Christmas meal, okay? The first bit, you're enjoying it, you're having a good time, you know, you're sort of eating the first little bits. It's really, really tasty, right? Why have we and then halfway through, it? and then halfway through, someone just rips it away, and you just, you just, you got nothing left. You just nothing, and someone just throws Brussels sprouts in your face and just like mushes it in. Like that's basically. What's what... Christmas meals have you been after? <laughs> you don't want to know. I like... thought it was going to be like, oh yeah, and you just eat too much of it, and then you just get stuffed, and you feel physically sick, and you can't no, eat no. anymore. You you <laughs> just the worst bits of a Christmas meal, just Brussels sprouts smashed into your face. It, it's like that, you know. It, it sets itself up well. You're having a good time in the first bit, you know. I'd say that, you know, you're enjoying it. The New York bit, fine. The set up in North Pole, fine. James Kahn, you're like, great, James Kahn in it. I want to see where this is going. And then at the end, it just goes in a completely random, pretty simplistic, annoying direction. So, and, and it just so needs, it just needed, hang on, hang on, hang on, before you bring up my 95% of the film is great. It's just that 5% <laughs> bit at the end. It's, but you need that little bit at the end, right, to bring the heart to the film, right? Talk about having like a nice slice of Vianetta at the end. Order, order. This is where you need, this is where a Christmas film needs its heart. It just needs that little bit at the end to round it all up. And that's where the film skitters away. And that's why Elf can never be a classic. It can be fun little watch. You might watch it every now and again, but it's just not got the heart that like Home Alone or the Christmas Chronicles, which I loved, Gav. I thought that was a fantastic (laughs) film. It just hasn't got that heart. Right, thank you very much. Oh, I, I love Home Alone 2 as well. He said this is more Home Alone 2. Um, but he said it like he was drinking yeah. a glass of water. Home Alone 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. 
<laughs> um, right, okay. So before we go on to the quiz, we've got a number of questions here from our listeners. Um, so just fielding it to you guys. Firstly, we've got a question from Siobhan. I have a question for the Films on Child team. If this isn't a Christmas classic, as Alex mentioned earlier, what is? P.S. You can't say Die Hard. I don't know why you couldn't say Die Hard. But... Well, uh, Christmas Chronicles, I'd, I'd invite you to check out the classic Kurt Russell from two years ago. Yeah, and if you like that, you might like the second film, which is Donkey Good Luck. Knowing you, I think you'll really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You could have just life. said It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Christmas classics. Elf yeah, yeah. Just doesn't, just doesn't reach Christmas those Carol. heights. Muppets Christmas Carol's the best of all of the Christmas films. Okay, so we've got Muppets Christmas Carol, Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Life, and Christmas Chronicles One and Two. They've, all, wanna... they've all they've all got the the heart. They've all got the feelings. They all they all go for it, but Alf <laughs> just, just doesn't doesn't have the guts. Okay, uh, question number two uh, from Diana: Is it possible that this is the prequel to Step Brothers? I'm going to put that to Dave. <laughs> I haven't seen Step Brothers, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> all right, I, I'm going to put I this. Believe... <laughs> I believe this is the prequel to Step Brothers. I don't know if this is a bad comment or a good comment. I'm going to put it to uh, Joel. Is this the prequel to Step Brothers? Is it? Isn't the mum the same? The same character. I can't I remember who the mum is in Elf. I can't remember how much how much spaghetti does she make? <laughs> I don't think she makes any, but I do love Step Brothers. You know, and if this Isn't is the prequel to it, I'm well on board. Yeah. Um, is Danny okay. DeVito in Step Brothers? Danny Trejo? <laughs> Danny DeVito? You're thinking of twins? Next question, next question, right? Um, is Somebody says she is. It's the same mother. Yeah, Diana, yes, it's she is. So maybe that's what it is, yeah? yeah. Hang on. Whose mum was she in this? Is she technically Will Ferrell's mum? No, no, no. Mary Steenberg. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I mean, moving on. Brothers, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, next question. Next question. Which had more character developments, Elf or Noel? Alex. What? Well, that oh, is. Come on, Brucey. You better be fucking orange. serious now. <laughs> uh, I would say. Just this, look everybody uh, in no, the eye. This, all right. No, I will. I will. I will. I will. I'd say there's more <laughs> character development in Noel than oh, there is in, in Elf, yeah. but it's yeah. worse. But there is more of it. Uh, At least they try in Noel. Elf, they just they just give up on its on their own script, essentially. Okay, right, okay. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, next question here. This one is from Brad. Honestly, I'm gonna put it to you as the coffee aficionado of the group. Where would you personally find the world's best cup of coffee? Uh as a, as a local boy, I'm gonna say either Crosby Coffee. Or <laughs> coffee, so you can get them online if you check them out. CrosbyCoffee.com or NeighborhoodCoffee.com. <laughs> Not sponsored, although I do have a lot of cup of coffee on my desk at the moment. <laughs> I okay. like this little. What, what other messages have you got on the box? <laughs> 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 okay, uh, right. Um, next, next one, question. Please. Oh, we can't see that one. I see. Uh, Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Ne- next question we've got here from uh, Peter. 
when does the Super Mario Brothers discussion start? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that's ever ended, has it, Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think uh, last last question or comment we've got here from Katrina. In fairness, it's called Elf, not Elves. You shouldn't expect more than one Elf. Ozzy, I'll that back <laughs> to you again. <laughs> Okay, right. I'll tell you what, guys, you think about um, the best question there. And at the end, we're going to decide who the best question is and who wins a very special treat that I've picked out personally and not just picked shit that's lying around my house. <laughs> I can't believe you would even suggest that. You're all disgusted. Right. In the meantime, while you're thinking about that, while I'm thinking about the verdict, I think it's time for a little quiz. So what we're going to do here, it's going to be slightly different. So rather than me ask the questions and you respond right away, I'm going to ask you all to just make a note of the answers. And at the end, you can decide you know you you will check and see how many you got out of whatever it is so how, how much you got right and the reason that we're going to do that is so that we can give the listeners or the viewers a chance to play along so there's going to be 12 questions here now guys what i'm going to do pen and paper uh, Pen and, pen, pen and paper, or just you know, use use your memory. <laughs> right, and what I'm going to ask is for anybody watching along, if anybody wants to play along, write down a note of your answers, and I will um, announce the answers at the very end of the quiz. Um, and just be honest, let us know what you got, and if you got a good score, I might consider sending you one of these flippity freddos along. So here we go. Date on them, just out of interest. I, I tell you what. The expiry date is the 2nd of the 9th, 2021. I, I, these will keep me going for ages. But like, I do realize, apologies if anybody is, is watching along, uh, where I did send a Fredo out to you, and it was like about <laughs> four months after it expired. <laughs> I, 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 I did sample one afterwards, and it wasn't that bad. So, like, although, you know, that's what I'm saying. It'll be them and Twinkies and cockroaches at the end of the world, you know. Anyway, right. Um, so question number one. Are you ready, guys? Don't answer yet. Just make a note. Question number one. What foul-mouthed insult... By the way, I should say, this is all about Elf. It's all about Elf or the people who are in Elf. So it should be... If you like Elf, you're going to like this quiz. Question number one. What foul-mouthed insult does Buddy call himself when he can't meet his toy quota at Santa's workshop? So question number one. What about? I don't want to know. Can Joel not read it? <laughs> I was already laughing at what I wrote down. So <laughs> uh, I, I have been told that. Uh, quick question, Joel. <laughs> I've been told that the the Freddo should have been all right because it was just best before. So thank you very much. So uh, you know, I am not going to be held responsible if somebody got food poisoned from me and out of date Fredo right that, that, that question again number one what foul mouth insult does Buddy call himself when he doesn't meet his toy quota at Santa's workshop question number two what are the four main food groups for elves and you get a point for each food group that you, that you name so what are the four main food groups for elves okay yeah. Question, I'll give you a little bit of time to write that one down. I just realized because a couple of them are a bit wordy, wordy. Right, okay. Number three, what does Buddy make a wooden rocking horse out of? So at one point in the film, Buddy has stayed up and made a wooden rocking horse. But what was the it's just, thing? It's just when his antics are starting to get a little bit too much, that point. <laughs> right, right, order, the trial is over. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Right, Okay. Question number four, how many cookies does Buddy shove into the VCR? 
How many cookies? There is. He said, I'm sorry, I shoved X amount of cookies into the VCR. What was that number? Let me know. Okay, question number five. What is Buddy's favorite thing to do? What does he like to do more than anything else? Yeah, you got this one? Okay. Lovely stuff. Question number six. What present does Buddy send to his dad at his office? So at one point, Buddy sees the perfect present for his dad when he's out and about shopping. He sends it to him at his office. What was that present? You know, I watched it only a couple of weeks ago, and it's just... <laughs> Literally just forgot. <laughs> okay, number seven. Um, I will say, uh, by the way, a lot of these are from memory, so they may they may actually not be right. <laughs> okay, so number seven. Buddy says that the department store Santa smells like beef and what? So there's a Santa imposter at the department store. Buddy is excited to meet him, thinking that he's the original Santa. But he says that the Santa smells like beef and what other thing? Okay, question number eight. When Buddy answers the phone in his father's office, what does he ask the caller to tell him their favorite of? So Buddy answers the phone. He says, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite blank? What was he asking? Uh, Question number nine. When Miles Finch's ideas book of potential children's stories is found, his top idea for a story is about what? What item is the top idea now Finch's potential children's book idea? These are tricky. I know, I know. I'll give you an easy one now that you may have alluded to earlier on. Question number 10, the role was originally, sorry, the role of Buddy the Elf was originally written in 1993. Oh. Comedy style in mind. I couldn't hear you because he was talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, so the the role was originally written in about 1993 with which other comedy star in mind? So who was originally going to play Buddy the Elf in 1993? It's the type of okay. trivia that Dave thrives on. He's <laughs> uh, just touching uh, memory banks. <laughs> <laughs> Into the mind palace. A million, results. Dave Rapidia, just to go away there. Um, okay, so question 11. What is the only other festive film that Will Ferrell has appeared in? What is the only other festive film that Will Ferrell has appeared in? I did give the answer away about two weeks ago. Um, so if you can remember two weeks ago, or if you can remember three or four years ago when this film actually came out, then you're in with a treat. Uh, and number 12, James Kahn appeared in another Christmas classic just a couple of years after this one. What was that film? So after Elf, James Kahn appeared in another Christmas classic. Some say even better than Elf. Wow. Yeah. So what was that film? What film do some say is better than Elf that James Caan also appeared in? Is it Bone Alone? No. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't watched Bone Alone where he's supposed to be prosecuted? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Okay. That's it, right? 
get your answers in right now. Remember, everybody who's watching along, make a note of your answers. Let us know at the end how you did out of however many it's out of. How many it is out of? Well, I I know because it was four points for one, wasn't it? So it's going to be out of 15. Okay, so out of 15, let us know how many you got. Right. Number one, what foul-mouthed insult does Buddy call himself? It's a cotton-headed ninny muggins. So close. Didn't get that. I see. Why did you beat me? I went with fucking dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Question number two. What are the four main food groups for elves? So point for each. Candy. Candy. Candy canes. Candy uh, corns and syrup. Well done. Well done. Yes. Four points there. Uh, Number three. What does Buddy make a wooden rocking horse out of? TV cabinet. Yes, well done. TV cabinet. Number four, how many cookies does Buddy shove into the VCR? Eight. Eleven. So somewhere in between. Um, uh, number five, what is Buddy's favorite thing to do? Sing. Sing. No, it's smiling. Oh. I know. Sorry, guys. Uh, number six, <laughs> <laughs> what present does Buddy send his dad at his office? Lingerie. Lingerie, Lingerie yeah. Mm. Uh, number seven, Buddy says that the department store Santa smells like beef and what? It is cheese. Well done, Joel. Beef and cheese, uh, which was uh, your nickname at school, wasn't it, Joel? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number eight, when Buddy answers the phone at his father's office, what does he ask the caller what their favorite is? uh, Yeah, that's right. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite caller? Uh, Number nine, Miles Finch's ideas book contains a story about a a story about a what? What is this? A giant peach. It is a peach, yes. Well done. Um, because they're vulnerable. Yeah, exactly, because they're vulnerable. Uh, number 11, what is the own... Oh, sorry, no. Number 10, uh, the role was originally written for which comedy star in the 90s, Dave? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, exactly. Well done. Number 11, what is the only other festive film that Will Ferrell has appeared in? Daddy's Home 2. Yes, Daddy's Home too. Well done, Joel. And number 12, James Caan appeared in another Christmas classic. Some people say that film is better than Elf. What is that film? Santa's Sleigh. It is Santa's Sleigh. Oh, you're not. Oh, man. <laughs> Santa's Sleigh with James Caan and Bill Goldberg as Santa. Um, so you've got the whole spectrum there of, of movie Santas. You've got Ed Asner and Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle is, is Kate Russell. Uh, anyway, right. Horror film that you keep trying to get us to watch? It is that horror film that I keep trying to get you to watch for. I, I, I watched it every Christmas Eve for about... The horror six. is in watching the film, has <laughs> yeah. it? It's a classic. It's a cl- I watched it for like six six it's Christmas not. Eves on the bounce. That doesn't make it a classic, Gav. That doesn't make it a classic. <laughs> it makes it worse. Right, right. Tally up your scores. Tally up your scores. Uh, Dave, what did you get out of 15? Eight. Eight. Well done. Ozzy? I got nine. Oh, oh well done. I did watch it just yesterday, so... Probably makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Alex? Uh, I want to say 10, but no, it's six. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Uh, Joel, what did you get? I got 11. Oh, congratulations <laughs> to Joel. Which one did you get wrong, Joel? Uh, so I didn't get... I got the fucking dickhead one wrong, which was question <laughs> one. Uh, I got the uh, the cookies wrong. I, got, I could sing for his favourite thing. Oh, that's terrible, that's terrible. Right, uh, anyway, right, Joel, you've just won yourself a Flippity Freddo. Um, anybody who's been watching along, has been playing along, 
let us know your scores in the comments section. And who knows, maybe a nice little flippity Freddo will be making its way to you. Um, right. Okay. I think it's time for the verdict. I think we've had, you know, we, we, we've had as much kind of spinning the wheels as possible here. I think we should probably get down to it. Um, it's This has been more difficult than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. When we first kind of pulled Elf out of the hat, I was like, well, how could you prosecute that? You know, but then to be honest, Alex and Ozzy have done a very, very good job. Um, they raised many good points, a lot about, you know, the character development, a lot of it being rushed, left unresolved, especially the relationship between Buddy and his dad. And the script is a little bit clunky as well. And then there's that whole relationship with Buddy and Jovi as well. Um, but I do think that the defense countered a lot of your points, but also sort of hammered home the sort of spirit of the film and how lovingly it's made with you know it contains a lot of christmas traditions and tropes and it's caringly directed it used forced perspective and stop motion as an homage to previous christmas classics and you know it's all about christmas spirit and essentially it's about the the cast and the characters and they're all playing sort of although they might be playing renditions of themselves as alex pointed out you know they're pretty well received you know if you're gonna watch a will ferrell film you know what you're gonna expect on you um so Maybe unsurprisingly, I don't know. I think I'm going to put this on the hit list. Sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, I, I, I don't even have my, my phone to uh, do it. Where's the sound effect? The sound effect. That sounds like nails down the blackboard. To be honest, does it? We we get it. Okay, right. Um, I think time for some honest opinions. Okay, so starting off with maybe. Um, the one I'm, I'm actually genuinely intrigued about, Alex. What were your thoughts about Elf? Um, I think I'm right, you know, and I do think I, I think I'm not the only one who did think Santa was going to get beaten to death. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't regret that. Uh, I think I was a little harsh on it. Like it is, it is quite like the first half is very good and it is fun all the way through. And it does keep it light. Uh, so yeah, may, maybe would have put it on the hit list, but I do think it missed it missed an opportunity. It does it does go off the rails at the end, and it doesn't it doesn't resolve some of the stuff. And I think it could have been more of a classic. It's still it's still funny, but it just it doesn't have enough depth. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good film. It was fun, and I did laugh watching it, but it just didn't have as much meaning as I want in my Christmas film. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I mean, that, that, that felt genuine, to be honest. Uh, so, if, if you if you had to watch one film again, Elf or Christmas Chronicles two or Noel, no, I mean, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I do before watching Christmas Chronicles two or Noel. You know I mean? <laughs> one of them would be shooting myself. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that that helped the fact that I just because it's been a hard December on films on trial. So, I mean, we had Christmas Chronicles two, and then we had Noel. So like watching watching Elf was just like at least it's like coherent well, and you know what I mean. <laughs> it's making me laugh. So that did I think that put me in a better mood for it. To be fair. Oh, okay, right. Thank you. And Ozzy, how, how did you uh, think? How did you feel about it? I I genuinely think it's overrated. I think I don't think it's a shit film, but I don't think it should be. Like, I don't think it's a it's a, a definite. It's got to go on the hit list. I think it's a bit. I didn't really laugh that much in it. Actually, I think I laughed. I felt like Noel was cleverer because it had to be because obviously Elf had come first with with a lot of the tropes. I genuinely thought the script in. Um, the, the script in Noel was better than um, 
than, than the script in this. <laughs> and it was just saying, you know, just I didn't find it as funny, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, you're surprised. I thought, you know, the, it was a film that everybody could enjoy, but um, apparently not. Apparently, it's not as good as Noel. Like the first half, I really, I liked the first half. I liked the stop motiony bit. I just didn't. Uh, yeah, not not a hit. Not a surefire hit for me. Still on the game. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Dave. Okay. You know. Was it was it better than Noel? Yes or no? Just just let us know. I I think it's better than Noel. <laughs> it is. I agree with. It was really well prosecuted by uh, by Ozzy and Alex there, and they're quite right on a lot of their points. To be honest with you, it is. I do think it's an overrated Christmas film, but it's still good. You know, in no way, shape, or form is Elf a bad film. There's a lot lacking from it. The script could have been better. There's a few plot holes that just are unresolved. But, you know, the general, I'm going to say it's, it's instead of charming, which seems to become a, a bad word, I'm going to say it's endearing. It is a genuinely endearing film and genuinely likable film and one that all the family, I think, will enjoy. That sets it on its way to being a Christmas classic. It's not there yet. I think only time can make something a Christmas classic. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a little overrated, to be honest. But it's hearts in the right place. And I think you will enjoy it. If you go into it with the right frame of mind, this is a very enjoyable film. Okay. And Joel, do you agree? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like when I think of Christmas films, like I, I'm going to judge it, you know, as a Christmas film, not as just like a standalone film type of thing. And, you know, it's got to be something that you can watch like every single year. And, you know, especially all the recent Christmas films have been so hit and miss or they've been like films that, you know, perhaps you don't want to watch like every year. Like I watched uh, Last Christmas with Jen and even though I think that's an all right film, like it's a bit depressing, you know, to watch every year. Whereas Elf, you can definitely just stick on and, you know, it's, uh, I do think it'll be uh, considered a classic. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. Um, So uh, since we've been talking about Noel so much, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, does Elf rank higher or lower on Rotten Tomatoes than Noel? Right. I'll let you know that Noel scored 53%. (laughs) <laughs> is there any question yeah yeah of course it's higher uh, elf scored 84 percent obviously really oh, yeah yeah okay. it's very critically well received 84 percent out of 100 and then the audience score is 79 percent as well um i'm bearing in mind you know it's been out since 2003 as well um it's quite quite good to have such high scores still <laughs> Um, okay, right, so moving swiftly on to our caption contest. So the caption contest is essentially we show a screenshot of the film and we ask the listeners slash viewers to provide a funny caption. Um, now, the screenshot this time round was Will Ferrell's Buddy the Elf being attacked by a raccoon. Now, I'm going to basically put the captions to you guys and you guys have got to decide which is the funniest with the winner winning a very special festive prize okay so number one right here we go seconds before the raccoon attacks buddy love actually is the greatest christmas film of the 21st century (laughs) 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 okay caption number two you did it world's best hug uh number three I bet I bet Snow White never had to put up with this shit. <laughs> I see, where's the beep? <laughs> okay, uh, next one. 
the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special are making some budget cuts to the CGI department. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that is the last one. So out of those ones, guys, which would you prefer? Oh, actually, no, sorry, I've missed one out. I've missed one out. Apologies, apologies. After nine months of quarantine, Gary gets overexcited with his first human interaction. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Same, same for me. Yeah. Yeah, same. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations uh, to our good friends, um, Winston Sang, because you have just won yourself a very festive copy of... Santa's sleigh. <laughs> Some people say, "Is it sealed or is it one that's been in your house?" No comment. <laughs> the email right. right at the beginning of this episode, Joel. <laughs> you too can enjoy Santa's sleigh at Christmas Eve. The best time to enjoy it. Uh, I'll give you a brief synopsis here. Right, it, the, the tagline is "Violent Night, Gory Night," and it makes bad Santa look like a kitten. Well, <laughs> that's all that I need to know. <laughs> and uh, while we're on the, discu- uh, the the topic of giving away prizes, I should say that uh, the guys have decided what the best question was. Um, no, you can't re-gift it. I had to say the, the best question put to us was from, um, hang on, where is it? I've lost it now. Um, yeah, it was from Diana. Is it possible that this is the prequel to Step Brothers? Very good question. The guys decided that that was the best one that we had received. And you, Diana, get a very, very special gift. You get your own copy of Bulaquo. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. Bulaquo. <laughs> the tale of status quo. They go on holiday to Fiji. How did I guess? <laughs> one of the prizes before this show. Like it's almost ridiculous that I even guessed that. Is is part of the experience for Diana having you sit next to her as she watches it, pausing <laughs> it every time she like moves or just looks away from the screen? That's the only uh, way to really enjoy Bula Quote, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> you pick up your phone and it gets paused. Right, yeah, I'll tell you what, right. Got, right, so it started with guitars. And ended with guns. I mean, look at that. We talked about the film poster from Noel. That is a film poster there. At yeah. least you look at that and go, what the hell is that about? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in a good way. I don't um, anymore because I've watched it. <laughs> when we were and, watching it, we actually had to pretend something different was happening. In our heads. <laughs> uh, okay. And um, <laughs> Deanna said, I hope that um, I, I, uh, she doesn't have to watch it with me in the same room. I, I don't blame you either, to be honest. <laughs> but but uh, I will say that congratulations to um, Winston, Brad, and Jackie. Uh, you guys were the only people that submitted your scores from the quiz. So by default, you have all won Freddos. So uh, why not send us a message on Films on Trial? Uh, let us know your address if you're comfortable doing so. And I will try and get this flippity... I was going to say, I'll try and get to it before Christmas, but that ain't going to happen. I'll try and get to it before Send them out, special delivery, eleven ninety nine postage. <laughs> I, I will try and get you this Freddo before it expires in September. <laughs> right, okay. So I think, to be honest, that's, that's it. That's it. That's everything that we want to discuss. Just to 
to say that our next film has been picked out of the hat at random and kind of tied in with it. Well, I say at random, we put a load of sort of New Year's films in a hat together when we picked out one. And the one that it uh, came out with was New Year's Eve, um, which I've never watched before, but it just from the poster alone looks like Love Actually at New Year's Eve. Um, so can't wait for that one. Uh, in defense, uh, like really, I don't know what happened. You guys have really got the short end of the straw here. Alex and Ozzy have got to defend uh, New Year's Eve. You never know. It might be the it's City game. Film. It's an absolutely amazing <laughs> film. And, um, okay, and in prosecution is going to be me and Dave. And that means that the judge is going to be Joel. Um, Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Somebody said that, um, in fairness, it stands a better chance of being funnier than Elf. I don't know whether they were talking about Bula Quo or uh, (laughs) Santa's leg. (laughs) But you you can't go wrong with either, to be honest. (laughs) Right. Now, yeah, so just as we're at the end of the episode, I just want to thank everybody for watching the very first live stream of Films on Trial. As we reviewed Elf, really, really appreciate everybody taking the time out to watch this. And I appreciate everyone taking the time out to, I don't know, watch it later on or listen to the episode. If you did like this episode, whether it be listening to it or watching it, why not give us a like, a share, and a subscribe? Just like it all. like the video, like the like the episode, like it. You know these Freddos. These Freddos don't pay for themselves, right? You know somebody's got to pay them. At the end of Brexit, man, these are only going to be they're going to go up in value and in price. We're going to come to a time when it's going to be like Mad Max. People are going to be using Freddos as currency, right? So all I'm saying is, yeah, just just give us a like. Give us a, you know why not leave us a five star review on films, uh, Apple Podcasts and on Facebook as well. Just spread the warm love that his films on trial in as many stockings as possible. And uh, why not check out our Twitter page at Film Trials, where you can review a film for us to put on trial at a later date. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So there we have it. Elf is a hit, and we're going to be directly in your ears, but not in your eyes, next week with... Whatever I just said. Was it New Year's Eve? Who knows? (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Happy Christmas, and I'll see you later. We're just going to do that wave, and you know, like while the music fades out. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Happy Christmas. (laughs) Bye.